Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yo, and welcome to the 112th episode of Lake of Rage Pokemon Trading Card Game Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Kevin Clementi, a.k.a. Mellow underscore Magikarp. I'm joined today by two very special temporary guest hosts. Joining us, we have two individuals from TC Evolutions. The first one we have is Steve. Steve, how are you doing today? Good. Doing well. Thank you. And the second one we have is Aaron. Aaron, how are you doing today? Pretty good. Thank you. So I'm very excited for this episode because this is kind of a long time coming because a little while ago, I tweeted out something about how the finances of the Pokemon trading card game and paying sponsors made zero sense to me. I'm going to be honest with you. It still currently doesn't. And uh, I was DM by TC Evolutions kind of giving like a, hey, here's some of the background information. And if you ever like to do a podcast episode on it, we can. And this is the podcast episode. So we're going to learn a little bit about, first off, what is TC Evolutions, a name that we've all heard, but you probably use their products, but how did it come to be? What are they doing? Why are they seem to be everywhere in the trading card game hobby? <laughs> and then a little bit about sponsorships in the trading card game and how that stuff actually works, why some people are able to wear a jersey and get paid for it, others aren't, where's the stuff actually coming from, and then a little bit about marketability as a player because there's a lot of stuff about content creators players etc okay you've gotten a sponsorship you have a youtube channel then what are you really going to sit there with the the pull back the curtains a little bit the 20 30 bucks a month on youtube if you get a couple hundred views what are you going to do with that money is that like what's going to become of that anyway first things first history of tc evolutions this is one that as far as I've been in the game, or as long as I've been in the game, I think TC Evolutions has been a staple. How did it come to be? Like, how did this company come to be these damage counters, these dice? Uh, Aaron, I think this is going to be yours, right? Yeah. yeah. Go ahead, buddy. So it started when I was practicing Pokemon with my dad one day. Back then, we used to use traditional six-dotted dice to keep track of damage. So you would have to add up all the dice on your card and multiply it by 10 in your head to find out how much damage your Pokemon has. And I was 11 at the time. So especially for kids, that kind of mental math can be hard, especially when you're in the heat of the battle. So I got really frustrated while we were practicing. And I said, <laughs> why can't they just put numbers on these? And those are the magic words that started everything. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so for listeners who just to give a little bit of a because you've both been in the hobby or around the hobby for a little bit but a lot of our listeners yeah. might not have actually been around long enough where the etbs now come with those dice right mm -hmm. that didn't used mm -hmm. to be the case mm -hmm. it used to be six-sided yeah. dice everywhere <laughs> yes um so i i hope you don't mind i'm gonna kind of elaborate on that a little bit so when he had that idea uh, I took a moment. I just looked kind of like, wow, that's a that's a neat idea. And we thought, oh, let's let's try it out. Let's actually um, take this concept and make it into a product. So 
a little bit about my own background is mm -hmm. I'm already actually in the hobby industry uh, with my own hobby. I've been uh, manufacturing remote control car accessories um, for the last 25 years. So it was a it was an easy call to say to our factories and look, we have this concept. Can we produce a prototype? Let us see what it looks like. And once we got the prototype, we made the decision. Like, hey, I think this is a go. And we started uh, showing local players, mm -hmm. um, see anybody that was willing to try the idea. And a, a few of them was like, oh, that's pretty cool. And, and, and again, this is such a simple idea, but yet in 20 years of Pokemon, nobody ever really thought of it, right? So um, we just kind of kept it a, a small thing and we keep playing locally, keep showing it to players. Um, and I think one year, I think it was San Jose Regionals. Um, and we, we were giving them away uh, at regional events uh, to the TO that say, hey, uh, here's a free set for everyone that finished in the top eight. My idea is simply in the beginning, you just want to get as many eyeballs on these as you can. Mm -hmm. uh, and that uh, caught the eyeball of Pokemon Brett at San Jose Regional. So um, we had uh, a meeting where we sat down, we spoke for a little bit over an hour. And uh, he actually said, this is like the coolest thing he ever seen. Uh, I was like, great. What can we do together? Um, and without getting into any uh, finer details, that was actually the first and last conversation, unfortunately, we ever had. Um, and then uh, we thought, well, maybe they just weren't interested. Mm -hmm. uh, so we just keep doing our thing. We try to reach out to players. We try to go to more events. We try to sponsor more um, top eights at different regionals. And I think it was the world championship that following year where I think my Twitter just exploded that morning because here comes the Pokemon's version of their own thing. And I'm just going to leave it at that because I think, um, sure, it didn't feel good at the time, but now looking back, it definitely felt like a blessing in disguise because that's basically the launch of TC Evolution. So... I remember that 2019 Worlds is my first Worlds, and this is me speaking for myself, not for either of you two. I want to make sure everyone knows that. But I remember the like gigantic social media backlash of like, wait, Pokemon's doing this thing because the Worlds exclusive dice were the first time that they had those things. And a bunch of people were like, this is this is not a thing that they're supposed to do. Like, this is what TC Evolutions has been doing for years. And I remember a bunch of the player base was like, what is happening here? And again, I know as a, as a company, maybe something that you don't want to talk about whatsoever, but I definitely remember playing at the time and being like at that world where it was a thing and it was a thing on the ground. It was a thing on social media. Yeah. People like, this yeah. is ridiculous. Like, this is not a thing mm -hmm. we expected. Well, I, I think um, we want to move past it because yeah. we, we definitely felt like, well, that's the direction they, they choose to take. Um, it's kind of, yeah, it's an eyesore every time we open an ETB or <laughs> like a box set. Oh, there it is again. Um, but it's okay. I, I think what really, uh, what was really shown to us too is just how strong this community is and how we, we tend to have each other's back. And it was nice to see all that, 
rallying behind us, uh, and it feels really nice. And I think uh, some of the more uh, recent players, players that are new, they actually don't know this part. They they actually look at our product and they they like it because it's you know it's shiny, it's, it's well made, and I, I think now uh, having a bit of a history. Um, I hope they can see why it's such a, a, a strong player base that supports us. Yeah. Yeah, it goes beyond the the high quality because it is definitely something that I mean you use damage counters everywhere, right? Like the cheap plastic ones that come in the ETBs are not the same quality of the nice is it tin metal? I guess um, this is aluminum. Aluminum. There we go. The the aluminum ones that you can get from your company. And this is not an ad. I'm not throwing everyone a podcast episode. This is a giant ad for TC Evolutions. Don't worry about that. But I felt like this was an important background into it. And there's one more part beyond the damage counters too. The ability use markers. Where did yes. where did those come from? Because that was something that also kind of came out of nowhere, at least to me. Um, I I think there was already a lot of like 3D stuff printed uh, or plastic versions so i i cannot take credit like oh this is this is our idea mm-hmm. right um but a friend of ours was so i think as a business you want to listen to your customers they tell you they they will literally tell you what you should make now. and mm-hmm. so by listening to i think one of our players one of our friends he's like you should make this i was like really okay so we just went ahead and, and did it um the other thing we made was before the V star, there was the GX marker. Mm. The GX marker was humongous, and they take up too much footprint on the, on your play mat. So we're like, that could really be about this big and still serve the same function. So a, a lot of us just listen to feedback from uh, from other players, from uh, what they like and what they don't like, and you go from there. So I think as a business listening to your customer and this goes the same for my my main business as well mm-hmm. a lot of the projects we embark on is from suggestions of customer um so it is because i already made uh, aluminum products uh, that we were able to transition into making tc evolution products um the goal actually was at least from a, a parent point of view was a, a vehicle to show my kids how do you have a concept in your head and make that into a, a prototype uh, and then go and produce it and you have to refine it and now you have the product how do you sell it how do you market it how do you show it to people how do you talk to people and we've been doing that for the past six years and i like to think uh, aaron being every step of the way at kind of seen and, and and shown the way like this is how you do business at least for a product based business mm-hmm. I, yeah <laughs> so uh i i really i really think this real world hands-on kind of experience with the product that came from him it it, it serves as such a great teaching tool uh, so that was one of the main we, we decided to do it as well so the teacher in me has a question for aaron specifically because you've been doing this for a while. And so the school I teach at has DECA, which is a, you know, a business related competitive thing. So I've seen a lot of students kind of come in and run it nowhere near the scale of what you have done, but you know, it's kind of the same of like building a thing, stuff like that. And they're like, Oh, this is what I want to do in the future. So do you feel like not just like, Oh, I've learned how to do this, but is this something that you really enjoy and want to like, yes, doing maybe not TC evolution specifically, but like, 
other stuff in the future of like, I really enjoy this making a product, selling the product, stuff like that. Or is it something where it's like, it was really cool to learn, but eh, maybe there's something else I want to do. And I mean, your dad's sitting right there. So if you have to say what he wants to hear, that's also fine. (laughs) (laughs) Well, in our house, we talk about business a lot. So it's kind of a natural thing almost for us. Mm -hmm. And I do have an interest in it, but I do want to say I was still pretty young at the time. So I don't remember every single part of it. Yeah. But is it something I would like to do in the future? I think that's definitely one of my considerations at the moment. Nice. I always got to ask, because it's like you did this amazing thing, like you were the main idea person behind it. So it's like, oh, are you still rolling with this? Is this still just like, yeah, this is the coolest thing? Or it's like, yeah, Pokemon's still fun and the dice still work. So the two kind of go together. <laughs> <laughs> so the second part of the pod and because we need to establish credibility, right? Of like TC Evolutions, like you two know what you're doing in this space as far as the main topic of the sponsorships and the finances behind the TCG stuff, because this is something that has always bothered literally since day one of me being in this hobby, you would see like, Oh, I'm sponsored by this place, this store, this, etc. And in my mind, I'm like, okay, that's cool. This store sells on TCG player irrelevant. They, they compete with everyone else. Like does the name really matter that much? Or this is one store in one city and they're clearly paying this person quite a bit for it. Or even better, it's not even a store. Sometimes you see a brand and you're like, they, they, they're not selling anything. It's just a jersey that they're throwing stuff out there. And it's like, all right, this person's wearing this jersey. Where is this money coming from? Is this something that the, you know, the people behind it are like, we know that we're going to lose something on this. We're trying to build brand awareness. Like, how does this possibly work or make sense? And I know that's like a really vague question but we've talked a little bit so i think you're kind of know where we're going yeah yeah so this is actually very parallel to the industry i'm from Mm -hmm. uh in the racing world it's very uh cutthroat you have sponsorship as well drivers are always looking for a, a chassis manufacturer to to help them so coming from that industry to here when i started getting uh DMs and, and and messages about, hey, do you want to sponsor me? I was like, oh, this happened in this industry too. So um it's it's interesting because players only think that so long as they're able to deliver, say, tournament result, they uh, quote unquote deserve to be sponsored. And I think right when you posted on Twitter your schedule for podcasts and there was a little bit of discussion about sponsorship back and forth. Azul popped on and said something. If you are uh, not creating content and you are not um, active on social media, you are worth near zero dollar to these companies. And uh, that is the truth, mm-hmm. sadly. Um, and I, I think I responded to that. And I, I give credit to Azul because he is someone that we sponsor mm-hmm. um and he is someone that uh i think players can look up to in terms of how he structure his pokemon career um what he has been creating uh, for himself and that is a good uh model to to go after okay so from here on forward i will say 
my opinion, will be purely for a company in TCG that's product-based. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I, I preface that because um, a company that is not product-based could have different revenue streams and different profitability numbers that allow them to do more mm-hmm. than what we do. Um, because we are product-based, revenue is purely based on the, the product and the quantity that we sell. Um, so I, I would kind of just want to put that qualification there that this is purely from a, a product-based company. So, so we won't get to when, talk about the conspiracy theory that it's all money laundering? Yeah, well, I don't know, but okay, I can give it a really cool, cool example. Of yeah. A different business model that I've seen recently that it just absolutely fascinates me. And this is off the tangent a little bit, but this is an example of a, of a company that has a different rev- revenue structure than we do. Uh, there is a shop down in Culver City uh, by Los Angeles. They run a, a car store, mm-hmm. but it's a 10,000 square foot building. And I know what that will cost in terms of rent. So when I walk in, I'm just absolutely fascinated. Like, how can you take down a 10,000 square foot building in Culver City, just a car shop? Mm -hmm. And it turns out that the car shop is only a small part of the business. That entire warehouse runs stream, like live stream, 24-7, nonstop. And the revenue comes from those streams. They have eight different rooms, all cubicles, soundproof, and they are on 24 hours, different streamer, different schedule. And that is the revenue stream. So for a company like that, who if one day decide they want to sponsor TCG Player, mm-hmm. I can almost guarantee you they could pay out better than we do. Okay, so that's just an example. That makes sense. So I'm going to throw another example out there because I'm going to throw my own sponsor out there because I can. Uh, Tabletop Village has been doing a very similar idea of they have a much larger store than you would expect. And because of that, they have hired people who do like Wish and stuff like that. Like they do that same idea of it's live streaming, but it's also live streaming that's selling the cards for them at the same Mm -hmm. time. So it's kind of that same vibe of like they're still selling cards technically, but they're able to like get someone to do the thing. And that's an additional revenue in addition to what's happening. And that keeps them up yeah okay right on that makes a lot of sense right so from uh now from our 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 company point of view i kind of broke it down into three different stages of our business so when your business is just taking let's say in the early stages of of your business Mm -hmm. um your product is unknown you are basically looking for any exposure you 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 possibly can so any player that's of any reputation that's willing to work with you, you take, mm-hmm. right? Because you you want to get your business off the ground because you have a certain time window to get your business off the ground. Otherwise you start depleting your financial resource and you come to a point where you, you can't run your business anymore. So at that stage, we were fortunate enough that in Southern California area, we had quite a bit of reputable players and we're very friendly in helping him learn the game, helping me learn the game, and willing to take on our product and, and use it. So I really like to give a shout out to guys like Kenny Britton, who was one of the first, uh, the Sosa brother, Israel and, and Sammy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was quite a learning experience for us too. Like we basically came in as players that are new, we don't really know anybody, but 
these guys were friendly enough uh, to help us out and teach us a game, give them some heads up. Um, then we start networking through those players and we discover players in other states. So uh, another player that we picked up early was Graft and Roll. I don't think he plays anymore, but um, he introduced us to some of the Florida players, like Raul, uh, Franco, Jose Marrero, these guys eventually all came on board. And then um, we we got on with a team that these players eventually got signed on for uh, CCG Cancel, which no longer is around running the team. Mm-hmm. Um, and that kind of goes along with your narrative, like how come they sponsor and they blow up and disappear, that, right? That is one of the ones uh, I was thinking of, yes. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so then you, you go through... Uh, the next stage, which is like a growth stage for a business. The growth stage of a business, now you could be a little bit more selective on who you sponsor. You want to sponsor a player that aligns with your brand. Um, it's so it's not so much about anymore. Like, what else can you bring to the table? And we will touch up on that, like you mentioned. What are some of the qualities that players need to have to make yourself really marketable to be a sponsor player, right? Mm-hmm. And we, we kind of already set a good example. Um, so in the growth stage, you, you can kind of be a little bit more selective. You could try to, in the process, develop your own brand reputation. What does your company stand for? Right? Um, and then find players that align with that well. And that has been a learning process as well, because Sometimes who they are and who they present to you doesn't turn out to be that person. And you find out later on and you're like, you're great, but I have to let you go. I think the hardest thing on my end has always been, whether it's for my main business, letting an employee go or uh, have to cut a, a sponsor player. It's, it's always been the most difficult thing because you, you always hope they don't take it personally, but they it's on some level they always do mm-hmm. and it's, it's sometimes just it doesn't it doesn't match anymore you know what you're looking for what your goal and what your reputation is and and what you put value in doesn't doesn't match what we are looking for anymore so out of okay, so. curiosity and i guess this could be for either of you but uh what are the values that you are looking for as tc evolution like what are the things where you're like our sponsored player needs x y and z um, maybe if we go later on specifically into the player. Um, so I, I know that's, that's like probably a big part of why lists, people will be listening and it's like, what is it you guys are looking for? So I do have fine details of that, but I do have one more thing I want to say in for terms sure. of business. You will go into the final stage of the business and that's like a maturity stage where you now get to call the shots mm-hmm. on who you sponsor. And no, no player is out of reach at that point. So for example, we, I consider we're still in the growth stage. We still have a lot of grounds to cover. We still have a lot of people that we need to showcase the product to. Uh, it was really rewarding at NAIC to uh, be able to sit down and play and see our product right, right next to me on this side. Yeah. This side. Almost every round. Uh, yeah, almost every round. A lot of my opponents had it too, yeah. <laughs> oh, great. Great. And and to be to be pointed out like even with a mask on, mm-hmm. uh, hey, uh, you're that's that's a great feeling, and, and it's a it's a nice uh, validation 
to the amount of hard work we we put in um all the traveling and all that stuff um so we do we do still consider ourselves in the growth stage mm-hmm. um not not by any means close to the mature stage where we get to call the shots um case in point i reach out to a very high level world class player uh I'm not going to name name, but he politely <laughs> turned us down. Mm-hmm. And I, I took absolutely no offense to that because I know we were reaching. Yeah. I know we were reaching. And we, we just can't deliver the number that he deserved. I won't say he's looking for. I actually will say he deserved. Mm-hmm. And I know we were reaching. And it was just in hopes of out of his goodwill that he will work with us. But he politely turned down and I took absolutely no offense to it. That just tells me that I need to grow my business more. And to reach that level where you know he's willing to to work with us. Mm-hmm. Um, so at the maturity level, which is our goal, um, it is beyond just Pokemon. So in our next product release, um, you'll see we are going to try to branch out to other TCG. We're going to try to bring premium quality products to other genres of TCG as well. And I think that is a natural and a necessary next step because just pokemon alone for what we make and the the amount of product that we offer simply isn't enough it isn't enough to be attractive for a shop to contact us and go like hey we want to stock your product i already kind of hit a lot of wall with trying to reach out to shops it's simply because they could buy damage counter ability marker region marker that's yeah not not much they could buy right so we want to increase the amount of product offer into other TCG that the, the shop also caters to, then we make ourselves more attractive to them. Right. So. so I do want to shout out. So at the time of recording, you changed your profile picture yesterday to this. At the time of release, we're recording this about a week early because I'm going to be in the Bahamas by the time this releases. Mm. But uh, <laughs> you uh, tweeted out a picture. You changed your profile picture to the six-sided dice. So that's one of the yeah. new things. And I was originally like... I use cheap Walgreens six-sided white dice. I've used them since day one. I got them on my way to my first league cup. I was like, oh, no, I need damage counters. So I stopped at a Walgreens and I got them (laughs) and I've used them ever since then. But I was like, oh, yeah, I like the six-sided dice because I've used them for years now. I was like, oh, I Mm -hmm. want these. And then I saw in there that you talked about Yu-Gi-Oh. So you're branching out with this product into Yu-Gi-Oh? Well, um, so before we get into that, I'm going to take and rewind wine stuff for sure because we have uh i don't know if you could see this that's actually what they look like mm-hmm. it's not just a cube when they first start out so for and the audio a- listeners i want to point out so it is a cube but it's a cube that has a little hat on it um, i guess would be <laughs> yeah it's like a little prong on it okay there there's, a, there's a reason for that so for people that think well you're just cutting cubes and you know, lasering number on them. It's a little bit more than that. And we, we actually learned it the hard way. Mm-hmm. So um, so going into this new profile picture, I, I just did it just for fun. because like, hey, I've been using the same profile picture for so long. Let me put this on. And I didn't realize so many people was going to take notice. So <laughs> uh, yes, it is a six, the traditional D6 dice. And some listener might be going, well, wait a minute, you are a proponent for number numeric damage counter why making this and this is going back to our company's goal to continue to grow right mm-hmm. we want to grow into that maturity stage where we now offer 
products or other TCGs. So I thought the safest next product would be the traditional dyes. And we don't just want to make any traditional dyes because that's already been done, right? I think Ultra Pro has something very beautiful called the gravity dyes. <laughs> and my goal is to do something like that, but better. There's no point in some, making something just like that. So instead of lasering the dot, we actually take the anodized dies, mm -hmm. put it in the machine, and drill the dot. So these dots are actually drilled. And it's a great contrast when you drill them because their natural silver comes out again. Mm -hmm. And you contrast it with the base color of whatever you desire. And they actually will sparkle when, when it's under a certain light angle. So I thought that takes the idea of just a traditional dies to the next level. Um, but the picture also show one that's lasered because in other TCG, they don't care for the randomizer to be not, not opaque mm -hmm. or not clear. So they could roll that if they want. So one of the, one of the shops um, that sold our product reached out and said, can you make four of these uh, that could be all randomizer with our logo on it? I was like, sure. Let's, let's look into doing custom projects now for, for people. And it turns out that this shop was actually one of the biggest uh, Yu-Gi-Oh tournament organized. I didn't know that ahead of time, mm -hmm. but they're like, we want an X amount of these because we have a big championship this weekend. Can you, can you get it to us? And we're like, yeah, sure. And then they saw the case. They're like, oh, can you machine a case too? I'm like, sure, let's do that. So it was a great and really fun project to actually go outside of Pokemon and then work with other uh, TCZ and, and make a product for them. So that is actually what's coming. The other reason we go with the D6 is throughout the years, I had quite a few players tell me like they just can't get on with the number dice. And I'm like, really? How hard is it? It's, it's too hard. My brain doesn't work that way. <laughs> right? So uh, I had on more than one occasion, numerous occasions, actually, mm -hmm. they tell us, like, I just can't do the number. I'm so used to this. And, and, and mainly it's the, the, the players that's been playing for a long time. They're just so used to it. They're so fast with it. Right? And I was like, okay, so we don't want to leave those guys using junk plastic guys. Right, so let's, I feel called let's out right it. now. <laughs> <laughs> so let's make something. Nice. So it's going to be offered in, in various uh, combination. Mm -hmm. um, and today we actually just received the shipment. So this is like the most exciting time for me when the production is finished and I actually get the thing. I can't. I just ripple. And I run around the house and show everybody. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is the like the Christmas time for us so every time you see and it's it's exciting because you see something that was just a concept and then you make it and here it is and it, it turns out exactly the way you envisioned it. I, I don't know the right words to describe that feeling. Awesome. So. That's that's actually really cool to hear. Just like the excitement behind the company. It's not just like, oh, we're making some dice. It is I've planned this thing and then it comes out and then it's like, this is perfect. Exactly what I wanted. And I love it. And it's so great. Yeah. There is anguish. And when things don't go your way to like, uh, the two tone stuff actually took a lot longer than I expected. Oh. Hmm. The colors didn't come out right. And that was very annoying. For some reason, the second color just won't match what we already produce. 
So it took a long time to get the, this right, but I think it's worth it. I think it's been, been well received. Yeah. So I thought it was really interesting. Okay, first off, the fact that okay, apparently you have been rejected by a player before. Something that I was not expecting is like, oh, you got mm-hmm. you got a Zool. Like that's about as big as it gets, which I guess technically isn't the least bit true. But you know, as a as a North American player who watches a lot of Twitch, I'm like, Azul's the biggest there is. But that's there, there, there are other is, very big players. <laughs> Azul is, is great. Yeah. And, and I love talking to him in person because he is way funnier in person than he is over message. <laughs> I believe With that. message, he is so busy. I, I am lucky if I get a one word reply. Uh, but I love seeing him at events in person. And I honestly appreciate. Uh, so shout out to us. I, I appreciate him uh, and what he does for us. Um, and I, I just wish he, he talked to me a little bit more over message. But, <laughs> <laughs> but when you say you're not in that mastery stage, is that really the like the one thing that's keeping you is the fact that you can't quite reach out to everyone? Or is there something else? Because when you were mentioning it, that was the one thing that like stuck out mm-hmm. to me. But is that why? Because you are the damage counter you are the v-star mark you are the ability used marker company of the pokemon trading card game like i would be impressed if there was a brand awareness survey if anyone mentioned anything beyond tc evolutions and i guess etbs as well like is that really just Um, not everyone is into it you know i i actually have a a, a different opinion i actually think we have a long way to go to to get our name out there to get people to recognize our stuff mm-hmm. um whether or not everybody chooses to use it that's that's okay but at least um and, and every event that i've gone to there are an equal number of people that recognize our stuff and an equal amount of people that just seeing our stuff for the first time and so that's motivation for us mm-hmm. to keep going and keep showing our products to keep taking it out there um, and keep making them uh, and keeping the quality up. So I, I still feel like we have a long way. And I'm, I'm not quite satisfied mm-hmm. just to say uh, that we have reached that mastery. I, I, I think we're, we're not there yet. And uh, again, players that turn us down, sure. That, and I, I completely understand. Players that we, we reach, uh like we reached above our tier and 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 was able to get like our most recent one would be pablo from from table and i don't know why it took so long for us to connect because pablo was one of the first Mm -hmm. to to support us and i just i just don't know i I don't have an explanation but we're we're on board with each other now so that's cool uh but these two player and uh zach Lesage will be the third player that we actually sponsor. So we will say a little bit of what actually sponsor means to me. Yeah, please. Um, actually, we could we could go into that now. Yeah. Um, there's two tiers of sponsor. One is where we actually pay you. Mm-hmm. We're paying you by the quarter uh, each season. And there are players that we sponsor through products. Um, we like what you're doing. We, we like the direction you're heading. Um, or you're a young gun and I'm an old man and I like to see, I, I, I see your motivation and mm-hmm. just, just want to give you a shot. Um, 
and we send out a full master set of the, the products to you. That would be all the damage counter in the color you like, all the ability marker in the color you like, the V-Star marker in the color you like. Um, and that's, that's for you to use. And I, I try to just keep, keep my eye on as much as I can. There's so many players, right? So many great players. Yes. Uh, as much as I can, I try to keep my eye on who's doing what. And I try to have uh, boots on the ground at, at different events that will kind of let me know, like, who's doing what. And, you know, it's, it's the age of internet. You really can't hide anything. So one advice to player is be a, be a good guy, be a good player, be someone that's friendly, genuine, and uh, play, play hard, but play fair. Mm -hmm. you know? um, that's so, something that's come up a lot in our community lately, or the inverse, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think we, 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 we sidetracked a little bit. Yeah. I don't know um, which, which part you want to touch up on more, but um, we could talk about the, the part that's puzzling you, right? Yeah. Does it make sense number-wise? I'm going to say no. For <laughs> us, it doesn't. So if I, I'm going to be honest measure, with you. I like I kind of knew that was coming based off our DMs, yeah. but even hearing it still is just like, so I'm not the least bit of a business person. I am so anti-business. I Quick story. Uh, I got or I got offered a chance to do like a short video for someone. And in my mind, I'm like, this video is going to take me 10 minutes between recording and editing. I'm going to charge them 10 bucks. That's $60 an hour. That's great. And they're, they literally were like, that's not anywhere near market. You're char you, we are going to pay you way more money than that. And I was like, Oh, that's how bad I am at anything business. And it still blows my mind that I, that is the answer that you're saying that it does not make sense. No. Uh so to what you just said, you and I could talk privately and I'll help you get <laughs> more money for the, for the hour. Yeah. Um, but if, if I purely measure uh, what I pay versus what I capture and sell, like dollar for dollar, it, it doesn't, mm -hmm. right? So how do we know that? Uh, you could probably see it floating around like uh, people are, some players are promoting their, their discount code. Mm -hmm. And I could tell you for, the sales that we see um, versus what we, we pay them on, on a quarterly, I would say break even will be awesome. Mm -hmm. um, lose a little bit, that's fine. Because the, the key in why we sponsor is more about associating our brand to their brand. And this way is a mutually beneficial relationship. So we both grow our brand together, mm -hmm. right? And so to some of the players that are interested in getting sponsored, know that don't make yourself a transactional player. Pay me this, I'll deliver result. Because you want to build relationship. You want to build relationships so that your brand, so you as a player, your name is your brand, right? And your sponsor, the company's brand, can grow together. And that could only um, happen if you don't treat your relationship purely transactional. Mm -hmm. right? Because I think the, the mistake some players make is like, oh, you know, uh, here's our discount code, use it. And then they'll check back with me, like, how many people use our code? Yeah. Sorry. Like maybe a handful. Yeah. And, and they sometimes are either disappointed or they're shocked. They're like, oh, really? And I'm like, yeah. You know, uh, this whole idea of selling 
doesn't come easy, mm-hmm. yeah. especially this, this product base, right? Um, and you have to move a certain volume before you could accumulate some profitability to even cover, right? So if I say break even, I merely just cover what I pay you. I haven't made a profit yet. Yeah. You see what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, it, it, the number doesn't work out. But what you're hoping is that this association for the long term will grow brand awareness, will continue to move, let's say, from, for our business, from the growth stage to the maturity stage. It's also a bit of a validation, right, for our business to be associated with Azul, to be associated with Pablo, to be associated with Zach. And for a player, too, like, hey, now I'm affiliated and sponsored by TC Evolution. Mm -hmm. So it works both ways. And if we have a common goal of growing our brand, then that that works, right? In the long term, hopefully with more recognition and more eyeballs on our product, and you growing your, so I will have a list of what the player should have. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply before they go and approach a, a company, right? So we will both grow, not just in sales or not just in recognition, but as a company and as a player, right? So I think the natural next part is you come up on what, what does a type player need to post at? <laughs> there's, there's a million questions that I still have. Um, I know. Go, uh, going into that one, I guess, would be a fine one of just like what, do the players actually like need that you're looking for like beyond the beyond some of the stuff you've already mentioned of course yeah so i think um the common mistake is like i'm good at the game Mm -hmm. right and i want to be sponsored my god if you've been to enough regional you know there's so many people good at the game right yes so what's what's going to set them apart you know what does the sponsor look for um we focus more on reputation Mm -hmm. What kind of reputation you have in the community? Uh, are you a clean player? Um, what kind of attitude you have? Can I at- pause for a second? Sure. When you say clean player, are we talking right. like no, like, I don't know, it's cheating allegations is the right word. Mm-hmm. Are you talking about clean player mm-hmm. as in like personality as like you are a generally good person? Like what is a clean player mean is it like gameplay is it outside the game oh i think it could be both right so you you now uh have to understand that you carry the weight of the company you represent Mm -hmm. right so that is something that i think should be drilled into all the players that have the desire to be sponsored you no longer can just be yourself in the sense that now there's eyes on you, right? Because now, oh, you're sponsored by this company. So there's more focus on you, now, right? That, that's, that's, that's naturally the case. Mm-hmm. So when I say clean players, like, I absolutely despise the Monday after a regional. <laughs> because that's when we get like, oh, so-and-so cheated, so-and-so did the shady thing, so-and-so did that, just like, can we have a regional where there's just 
everything was nice. <laughs> Everybody played their hardest, and there was no none of that. And there's there's other in recent regional there was a, there was other things, right? Yeah, and those other things were outside the building of the regional. Yes, right. So when you say clean, that kind of is an example where, hey, uh, by the way, your personal life do have an effect, whether you like it or not, mm-hmm. do have an effect on uh, who you are, how you play, who you represent inside that building as well, right? So one of the things I like to remind my kids is make sure your worth is more outside of that building than inside. And what I mean by that is what is what is you cannot be solely based on what goes on in that building. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So I think as a parent you can under you guys can understand that. Like if you walk out of the building and you can't find a good definition of your worth and yourself, then you are only going to be worth something the next time you step into that building, right? At that next regional or what have you. And that cannot be the way. Mm-hmm. Right. So mm-hmm. when we talk about a sponsor player, we want obviously somebody that's good with the skill play, someone that's clean with no cheating allegation, no shadiness, whatever. But when they step outside the building, it's also someone that is genuine, friendly, you can easily talk to, um, charismatic. And so that might sound like a lot, right? Beyond than just I'm good at the game. Yeah. Right? And so that should give a glimpse to those that are desired to be sponsored, like, wow, there, it, is, it is more than just, I'm good at the game. Mm-hmm. And it's always, it's always going to be that way. I, I, I don't think it's just pertaining to Pokemon TCG. Uh, it was the same way in my main business industry as well. We could, we could sponsor a guy that's really a fast driver, but if he's a jerk off the track, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sponsoring. You know, um, one of the other things we look for is do you, because social media is so, so prevalent now, Mm -hmm. do you have a robust social media platform? And this is where uh, some of the players really fall short that approach us, right? Someone, so and so messaged me. The first thing I do is I'm going to click on your Twitter. (laughs) How many followers do you have? Now, that's, that is not the only thing we, we define you by, mm-hmm. right? But mm-hmm. I think if you are going to position yourself to be sponsored, that is like a bare minimum you have to work on that. You have to do your Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Now we have threads, uh, YouTube, Twitch, Discord, what have you, mm-hmm. right? And do you need to have thousands of followers on, on each one? No, you don't. One of the things I've I, I never seen anybody do yet is I have a combined total of 3,000 followers across my social media platform. Nobody has ever said that to me because when you divide 3,000 by six, you're really only looking at 500. But when you approach me with 3,000, I'm like, oh, that's pretty significant, mm-hmm. right? So as a player, I highly recommend work on all those platforms, right? Some might work for you, some might not. But if you have the desire to be a sponsor player, it is the bare minimum that you have to do. Right? You got to you gotta just work on your game. You got to work on you presenting uh, as much as you can and bring as much as you can to the table so a potential sponsor will go like, well, there's a lot that you're bringing to me here beyond just your capability as a player. Um, 
Do you also, yeah, so yeah. you mentioned followers, but, and I'm going to go out on a limb and say, this is probably also true. You're not just looking at the follower account, but like, what are they tweeting out? Or Twitter is the Pokemon TCG one, but who knows where that's going to go. So you're tweeting out or posting on Instagram or whatever. Are you also looking at that and being like, so one thing that to me seems like a red flag and I'm not the business person would be someone who is constantly like, oh, 95% of your let's say tweets again, 95% of your tweets are just use my promo code for this, use my promo code for this other company, use my promo mm -hmm. code. Cause it, it feels like there's always a few people that I see where it's like, the only time you ever post is if you're trying to, you know, fulfill your obligation or whatever. So you're also looking at like, what is, what type of content are you putting out there to like, ensure you're not getting washed out in a sea of other sponsors yeah. or quality of the content. Yeah. The quality. So when they do the promo thing and I, I see it. It floods my 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 Twitter feed. Mine too. And they're just doing their thing, right? They're just doing their bare minimum requirement. Like, okay, uh, every other day, the 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 team probably says you need to do the code, you need to do the article promotion, you need to. Do... So they probably have a schedule, mm -hmm. and these players are just doing their, their bare minimum. But what we really like to see is what are you contributing to the community? Mm -hmm. Are you and what do you say, right? And how do you say it, right? So uh, actually before we came on this podcast, I was doing a, a message exchange with a former um, player. Mm -hmm. And I basically told him like, you know, we, we um, have to decline the opportunity to work with your, your sponsor because I'm simply looking at how the team manager was responding to certain tweets mm -hmm. uh, certain posts and i basically told him like that's probably not how i would respond and so do i read them yeah i i try to because i do really try to get to know the, the person as much as possible mm -hmm. uh, and i i am one of those that have reached the 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 amount of tweets I could read limit that Elon Musk has put in. Like, I hit my limit. What do you mean? I can't read anyone. So I do read that much. Yeah. I, I see you so, always responding to stuff or liking stuff. And you're, you're always around there, which is good. I mean, you are a very large part of this community, right? So I believe that completely. And believe it or not, I have to learn how to use Twitter. It was, it was, this is a man that grew up whether there was no internet so, <laughs> to be able to learn all these uh, apps which come second nature to the kids um was was a was a tall order in itself too so i don't know if we we cover enough for um what you're looking for so i could i could run it down for you real quick for sure yeah I, I, so good clean rep good player um a robust social media platform as much mm -hmm. as you can and, and, and remember, this is what you want to do, so you must commit the time to it, right? Be friendly. Uh, this friendliness is something you could work on, right? Learn how to talk to people, learn how to help people, uh, go the extra mile for people. Some people, here I put charismatic. That is, that is something you could develop too, but some people are just natural, mm -hmm. right? Some people are just natural, and they tend to just have a fan base because, because of how charismatic they are. Um, and also be genuine, right? Be genuine to people that you are around. Also be genuine to the people you represent. Let's say you work with us. I always uh, want to build a, 
personal relationship with the people we work with, the players that we work with. Why? Be because I think on a personal level, you could achieve um, a higher goal than just being like we were saying earlier, transactional, mm -hmm. right? Uh, you don't, you don't, if you're transactional with me, you force me to be simply transactional with you. Yeah. Right. And so there's not much left if uh, we can't come to terms in our transaction. Yeah. Right. Then we kind of go our separate ways. Right. If you build a personal relationship with me, you could be going through a rough patch and I will still hold on to you as, as a sponsor player. And that has happened before. Right. You could be say, hey, I am moving on to another team and no hard feelings. But if things change, we have a personal relationship. You can always come back. Right. Yeah. I have some players that maybe took it personally and just never talked to us again. And I, I just feel like, well, through time and experience, hopefully um, he or she will recognize like, well, maybe that should have been done differently. Right. Yeah. So, so those are some of the things that I think are all these players that we would like to sponsor. I want to add something to that because you mentioned it too, the, like the charisma thing. So Aaron's nothing to do with you, but when I was your age, I was, no one would have ever imagined that like this dude, I don't stream on Twitch anymore, but when I did, right, we got rejected from partner multiple times, but like I had the numbers to apply for Twitch partner. I've got a podcast now that, you know, a few thousand people are willing to listen to whatever I spew out of my mouth. And <laughs> no one would have imagined that when I was your age or the age of like a lot of players who might be listening to this and like, oh, how do I do that? It is really something you can learn. And it is something you can learn by talking to people is one of the biggest ones, just practicing Becoming a teacher is something that also no one expected I would have done. I am a huge introvert. A bunch of you came up to me at NAIC and said, I love the podcast or I love your YouTube videos. Thank you. I appreciate that so much. I'm incredibly awkward in person as well. Still, <laughs> it's very difficult for me to talk. And a lot of the times I would just leave the venue and be like, I need to not be around people because I need to like be in myself. Right. But mm. practice practicing really does help a lot of like okay how are you talking to people how do you get that ability so it's definitely something that it's hard to learn to be a good person that one takes a lot more work learn to be charismatic learn to be good at the game you can, you can definitely do those ones those are mm -hmm. those are very 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 doable the good person's arguably the most important one and the one that you should work the most on <laughs> of those i would say yeah, I, I think I could add to that a little bit. I, I hope I come across as someone that could just easily have a conversation. But very much like you, it wasn't the case. I think mm -hmm. all the way through my last year in college, I didn't really like to talk to people much. Um, it wasn't until I actually started my business that I'm kind of forced to talk to people, right? Mm -hmm. Otherwise, I'm going to sell stuff. <laughs> it's quite <laughs> but, important. <laughs> so it was, it was a very big change and a big thing to get adjusted to because I'm the way I started was uh, imagine packing uh, your mom's van with Pokemon cards and you go to every regional then you're selling cards out of your van. Mm -hmm. That's essentially what I did. I I packed all the RC cards and what have you and I drove around everywhere. And you're basically cold selling. You're walking up to people to say, hey, do you want to buy this? Do you want to buy that? And that's really tough, really tough. But I think, you know, live just God has a way of opening doors for you mm -hmm. to work on the part that you're you're not so good at. So when I look at my my son Aaron here, uh, you know he he's more of a quiet type, but I think the time will come for him too, and, and he will open up and and 
I think he, I already see him doing that events, which is one of the reasons why I love going to events is to, to see him more like a fish in the water, so to speak. Yeah, it's definitely one of those skills that, just like you said, you can learn, you have to practice it. It kind of sucks at first. If you are, like I, like I said, <laughs> massive introvert, I would happily go an entire day in high school without talking to anyone except my like two closest friends. And that, that was that was perfectly fine. I was super content. I did not need to meet anyone. Group project, I will happily do it all. Like I don't need you care like bringing me down. We'll get the A. It's fine, right? <laughs> but uh I got this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I know plenty of listeners are like, yeah, that that sounds about right. I could do that too. Th- those are the things you can definitely <laughs> you can definitely improve upon. Yeah, but, yeah. Look at you now. <laughs> um one other thing that I was curious about, and you may not have an idea of this, but when I think of sponsored players, I'm also thinking of like all the different stuff out there. So you've mentioned social media a little bit uh, using the products. Obviously, for TC Evolutions, you have a physical product that you can use. When you post your deck list picture, you can put the dice and the damage counters on the thing and be like, hey, look, it's here, right? But there's other stuff that we see out there, like uh, if you are a content creator having a logo on a screen. If you team has a jersey or a logo, something like that, where does all of this do you think come into play for like the exposure of a business? So this is stuff that is a little beyond what your company does, but how important or how relevant is it? Like, use myself as an example again. Shout out to Tabletop Village, the best local game store located in Seattle, Washington. Mm-hmm. You know, I was wearing the stuff, and now if you go to any West Coast regional, you will see twenty to thirty people wearing those shirts freaking everywhere yeah. right how important is that to brand exposure i think it's actually more important than people give credit for it really? and okay. i would be one of those well i would be one of those people admittedly that doubted that mm-hmm. but i i think it's just over and over visible to the eye visible to the eye right so mm-hmm. now that i've gone to more regional season i do notice the jersey oh that's so-and-so mm-hmm. oh that guy's wearing the same thing and now you see a flock of them mm-hmm. and i actually asked one of my opponent uh who was from puerto rico and I, I see so many of you wear this shirt so it does eventually at some point draw the attention and maybe i'm more curious than others because i'm like oh you're a team and maybe we could work together or something like that so i i do ask him he's like oh i'm from puerto rico and stuff like that and so as far as uh, and there has been team that asked, hey, can we have your logo? We want to put on a shirt. And then you actually hit on something. I really should make some shirt. Um, at least me and my son should wear it at the event. Um, I was going to say, he's got a shirt on right now. Like, <laughs> that's that pretty- used to be my shirt. <laughs> <laughs> now I don't fit. So, um, and he's grown a bit. Uh, so I think it's just a lot of visual. Okay. And we run so much on visual that we don't realize how much of that is feeding to the back of our brain, mm-hmm. right? So I think if you dig hard enough, there's gotta be some kind of marketing research somewhere that could validate what we just talked about. And so any of these, and it, it shows unity too. Like if you see a group of players, you know, it's just like, ah, there is team so-and-so mm-hmm. and there's team so-and-so. And I think it adds to the atmosphere of the regional. Like this, this feels like a competition. This, this, this team is here. Or so-and-so is here. And I think it just adds to the elements and the fun, the excitement of, of, the, of the event as well. On top of your eyes are just feeding on these, right? And so next time, 
I, I've seen tabletop shirts too. And actually, I believe Brian is the owner. Brian is the owner, yeah. Yeah, I'm still hounding him to carry my stuff, but <laughs> he can't dodge me forever, that's for sure. I'm going to see him enough. Um, but he's a great guy. And yes. I, I, I got to know him a little bit uh, this past season. And it's just great to see all the people wearing the shirt because uh, I got to know him a little better and there's all these people supporting him. And hopefully one day we make shirts and we start giving them out and people wear our shirts too. It's also, like we said earlier, a sign of validation for certain players to be able to wear a shirt. Mm -hmm. And for us too, as a company, like, oh, he's willing to wear our shirt. So it kind of goes back and forth neutrally. So, Yeah, that's definitely something else that I think is a big deal that I didn't realize until very recently because I've worn Tabletop Village since post-pandemic, right? Because I was like... I want to support Brian. He's amazing. The store is amazing. Like I was doing it pro bono. You mentioned earlier the like when you're starting out, you just do a thing. I just started streaming and I was like, can I just put your logo out there so people start to see it? And it was kind of that same yeah. vibe, right? But now I'm like, I've got my Lake of Rage podcast merch and I'm like, oh, I have to choose between which one am I going to wear day one of a regional? And that suddenly becomes a like a player wearing a shirt is a big deal because there are multiple things that they could be representing on that date, right? So I think that's a good, really good point. Yeah, so it's, it's so I feel like a lot of what we talk about isn't Im immediately tangible in terms of result. And mm -hmm. that's kind of like the dark art of marketing, right? So where is the result coming from? What is the accumulation of all these things that you're doing? Sponsor player, t-shirts, mm -hmm. uh, logos appearing on say Azul's Twitch, live stream or something yeah all those things eventually add up to that one sale that comes through right and you do it enough another sale comes through mm -hmm. so um I, I i think what we could say from this is any business the the building up and the growing stage is a long process and and every sales come by uh, in a measurement of how much hard work you you put in mm -hmm. right so, um, but I think it's also what makes a reward because you see your your work being translated into an order that comes in. Um, I often get comments in the order like, hey, I saw you at this regional and I, I met you at NAIC. And I love reading them to those that listen. I do read every single one of them. And when I input their tracking number, I always say thank you and, and this and that. So I like... Like I said, building a personal relationship. And um, I know you have one more question, and that's <laughs> how to turn your hobby into a business. But I don't know how much time left. For yeah, that. I don't think we have enough time for that one. So that might be one we're going to come back to in the future, because that's another one that I think like we had talked about that a little bit. And I know people mm -hmm. are going to be like, this just got a podcast, a YouTube channel. Like he definitely turning that into a business makes sense but when you were talking i think there's a lot of pokemon trading card game players who could get a lot out of that concept so that's definitely a i think a future episode idea yeah i i, I have a lot of background so all my education is in in business mm -hmm. and having done 25 years of business on my own i think i think there's a lot of this opportunity by uh, content creators even pro players um where i think if they take the time to actually structure their their name as their business i think there's so much more benefit that they could get out of that and there's so much more they could do with it too so 
like you said, maybe that could be a different podcast. I'd love to do it again um, and share basically any experience and knowledge that I have. I think um, at this age, I, I don't mean to sound like a old I'm really <laughs> interested in, in sharing um, what I know and pass on to younger generation what, what we have in terms of knowledge. For sure. And I think that's a good little teaser for everyone to kind of be left with for, like I said, might be a little ways in the future, but for a future episode, we bring you back for people who are interested, whether they know TC evolutions or whether they want to learn a little more, where can they find more about you see the product or you as an individual, anything you want to plug or advertise right now? Um, if, if I could take this portion and I, I, I know you always do this at the end of the yep. podcast. Um, it's pretty easy to find us. Just search TC Evolution on Twitter. Um, Twitter is more of product announcement and product focus and tournament focus. We try to build our Instagram more like him and I traveling mm -hmm. and getting stranded in Seattle. <laughs> and all That's a great yeah, place to be stranded, though. It's perfect. <laughs> no, we were trying to make Portland and it took us 24 hours. To get That's a whole different story. But so Instagram is more like uh, of our journey. Right. And it's been it's been fun that way. But um, if if I may, in this last part of the, the podcast, um, I feel like I owe the community an explanation why we kind of disappeared for for two years, uh, the two years of the pandemic, mm -hmm. um, having received so much support in the first three years. Um, I didn't really mean to just disappear um, through the pandemic years, um, of course. Uh, in-person play stopped, but that was not the reason why we here. Uh, unfortunately, there was quite a bit of health issues, uh, both with my my wife, uh, Aaron, who took turn ending up in the hospital, um, and you know business completely shut down uh, during those years. So that made it really tough uh, for us. Um, and because of all those things, I unfortunately developed uh, a bit of uh, uh, anxiety issues that triggered into uh, physical unwell. And basically, I couldn't digest food well like before, and I lost an extremely amount of weight, which is it never happened in my adult life. Uh, it was quite scary, and and I think it got to a point where uh, I couldn't function. Mm -hmm. And, and unfortunately, I couldn't handle and take care of the business. Um, a lot of this I kept away from the kids simply because I didn't want to scare them. But now that things are much better, I, I do share with them. And they basically say, oh, I, we didn't know it was so bad. And it was, it was pretty bad. It, it was uh, unable to sleep and couldn't function normally. And medication were all wrong. So mm -hmm. I do feel like. I personally owe the community an apology for just disappearing, but I hope they understand it wasn't because we we just ran away. <laughs> it was simply because I I couldn't do it uh, physically and mentally. Um, but uh, I would also like to say a big thank you to the community because when we decided to come back, uh, I think it was last March, I was finally feeling better. Uh, I was finally able to take care of business again. And the community was just open on and welcoming us back. Um, and we've been traveling more. I, I will give an example. Just our first regional flying to Salt Lake was 
uh, almost an unbearable amount of anxiety on me. Uh, it was it was so difficult. I couldn't sleep, and needless to say, my day one was miserable. <laughs> I did horrible. Uh, I I I I had to uh, fight the anxiety and and learn how to live normally again. And I thought by getting back into the game, getting into the regionals and being with friends and just try to be normal will force myself to be normal. And it was a process. So as the season went on, it got better and better and better. So I, I want to say a big thank you to all the Pokemon players, all the friends who uh, didn't kind of didn't forget us and didn't despise us come back um, just allow us to come back like no time has passed I, I really appreciate that and we we will definitely try to keep uh, doing what we do before and uh, keep supporting this this wonderful community thank you so much for sharing that one first off and it is so great to hear the community is doing good things when it can and I remember when TC evolutions came back there was a very large I don't know if outcry is the right word, but assuming outcry has a positive connotation, <laughs> then there was a very large like, yes, they're back. We love this from several yeah. people who are very well respected by not only myself, but generally in the community. So I know the community is very happy to have you all back. And hopefully anyone who is unaware getting to see the two faces behind the company, too, is going to be like, oh, this is not, you know, a faceless corporation. These are two Pokemon players who are trying to do their best for the community and give us, you know, things that help to make our game better. <laughs> yeah, I, I I actually don't like to be identified as a Pokemon. <laughs> just how about just two Pokemon players? You know, I really think we we show uh, what Pokemon's about. It's like a father and son. We go on these journeys and we play Pokemon. It's almost like the cartoon. <laughs> so it's been it's been a really enjoyable and rewarding by I, I would say it's been a great journey thank you both so much for joining us uh remember tc evolutions on instagram and twitter myself yes. you can follow me on twitch twitter youtube and apparently threads at mellow underscore magikarp <laughs> this has been another episode of the lake of rage podcast and we'll catch you all next week